Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedore, and we are with Golden Link Training and Coaching. Golden Link specializes in growth and business development with a vision of helping people live the best life ever. So today I could not be more excited to introduce today's guest, Lori Muller. Lori has been a trailblazer in the world of real estate. She is the president of Exit Realty Corp International and a John Maxwell certified speaker, trainer, and coach. It's clear that Lori leads with her head and her heart in the way that she connects, invests, inspires, and empowers those around her. So she's on a mission to help others be courageous and follow their dreams, which is why she is here with us today. We are always looking to present topics to our listeners that are thought-provoking, that help energize and inspire. And when we were collaborating with Lori about this podcast, it's like, well, what should we talk about? What could we talk about? And I have to tell you, I I am so thankful that I kept this open-ended and asked Lori, like, where, where's your head at? Because she came up with the best topic, I think at the perfect time. And so what we're going to be talking about today is finishing the year strong. Now, the reason I love it is, you know, it's still summertime. We're in Wisconsin. So seasons really matter to us right now. Summer's not over yet, but what you see, if you walk into any of the retail stores is school supplies are starting to come out. Some places like a Costco might even start to have Christmas decorations out and you're like, no, it's too soon. But that's why I think it's such a perfect time to be talking about finishing the year strong. We are early enough in the year that no matter where you're at in your production, there's still enough time to help you finish the year strong. So Lori, I think that was a brilliant recommendation and I'm really excited to get talking about this today. So thank you very much for being with us today. We're so glad that you're here. Well, thank you for having me. And I appreciate that introduction. I mean, I think with the finishing the year strong in real estate in general, as being our own business owners, we get down on ourselves so easy because we look at the first six months and go, holy crap, I didn't make the goals that I had set for myself and we give up too easy. And the hardest thing we have as sole proprietors is keeping and holding ourselves accountable. And so it doesn't matter what you did the first six months of the year. What matters is what you do with this last six months. I love it. Carrie, are you fired up? Oh my gosh, totally fired up. You know, because it is such a thing. I think you hit the nail on the head is who are you accountable to? And sometimes when you are accountable to yourself, you need that. I like to coin the phrase, I'm an accountability buddy, right? I need a buddy that's going to hold me accountable that, you know, is going to kick me in the butt. You know, I actually just had a conversation with somebody, one of my clients who said, I set goals for myself. And then once I achieve them, I kind of let the gas off the pedal. And when you get into that mindset, it can actually be just as devastating because what happens when you end the year strong, you start the new year 
even stronger. You have a launch pad into success into the, into the next year. So I'm all about this. I think the timing is perfect. I think the mindset is perfect. I know, you know, we've got a lot of external factors that are happening. We have shifting markets on top of things that are just going on in the world. So, you know, Lori, I would love your wisdom on what we can give our listeners that are out there on, you know, your tips and just great conversation around what it takes to finish this year strong. Well, I think there's a few action steps that you can take to finish the year strong. And number one is to dust off that business plan that you did in October, November, or December of 2021, because historically people do them and then they don't look at them again until they do them again for the next year. And so really just knowing where you're at, you know, and I don't know how many of the listeners do vision boards, but your vision board is something that correlates with your business plan. And if you have that vision board in front of you in your office, at your bathroom mirror, wherever it may be, that's something that you can visualize on a daily basis to hold yourself accountable. Because like we said earlier, that's the hardest thing. And that's where I really push people in part of our finishing your strong action steps is hiring a coach. And the reason why I always stress hiring a coach is because it is so hard to hold ourselves accountable, right? If it's kind of like that diet, oh, I'm going to have this lifestyle change. I'm going to start my diet on it's August 1st. How many people have started a diet today? Um, but then what happens is by August 3rd, you screwed up and you slipped up and then you're, you're off of it. Nobody's holding you accountable where if you have that accountability coach and that person in your corner, not only are they going to call you out on your crap but they're going to push you to limits that you did not know you were capable of being pushed. Mm -hmm. And then it, you in turn grow, your coach grows because the teacher always learns more than the student. And that, that way the coach can then use their experience with you to help coach other people. And you're gonna pass that down. So re we're reproducing that one action step by having a coach. And some people can have more than one coach. If your niche is listings, and you really want to be great at listings, you may have a coach that's specifically focused on how to build relationships with sellers. And then you may have another coach that's on, on presentation skills and negotiation skills, right? So it's kind of like a professional athlete. They have a strength and agility coach. They have the head coach. They have the conditioning coach. They have the position coach. They have four or five coaches to do one job. That's a great analogy, you know, taking it to a team concept, right? Like let's take football, for instance, Tom Brady, who's my favorite and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Yes. We're in Wisconsin and Tom Brady's <laughs> my favorite. They're at the peak of their game, right? They're amazing, but they still have coaches, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have just one. They have several coaches and they have to listen and learn and grow from those coaches. So that's, that's a brilliant analogy. It is brilliant. And if I could add one of the things, speaking of the sports world, I love using analogies because it helps us really identify concepts quickly. I will never forget. And it must've been like 10 years ago. I don't remember when the Philadelphia Phillies won the world series, but I remember hearing this conversation about a nutritionist who came into the Philadelphia Phillies clubhouse and completely redid their menu to focus on nutrition and the type of food 
food that they were eating. And it had such a huge impact on their performance, their mental clarity, just everything that they did. They ended up winning the World Series. And that was something that was being um, talked about as a, a contributing factor. And so, Lori, I love that you help challenge the status quo and the mindset of what that might look like of like, what is it that's getting in the way of, of our own accountability? Like if we are dialed into our why, you know, what it is that we want to accomplish, we've made the plan because what I have found is it's not that we don't know what to do. In most cases, we know exactly what it is that we need to do. And many of us have detailed plans that tell us how to do it. It's that accountability piece that we struggle with. And so the idea or the mindset behind hiring a coach, you know, what would you say to somebody who maybe has the mindset of, I can't afford it, or I don't know that I, I really can, like, how do you overcome that type of objective? If that's what's sitting in their head, whenever anybody ever says, I can't afford it, I always come back with, you can't afford not to. And, and here's the reason why I, if you're happy making $30,000 a year, which right now, NAR statistics are 38,000, the average realtor makes. If you can live off of $38,000 a year right now, God bless you, right? That is not a lot of income. And so if you're looking for more and you're not happy with status quo, you can't afford to not hire a coach because what a coach is going to do, it's going to elevate you to that next level. So if you're making 38,000 this first year hiring a coach and they take you to 72,000, okay, what is that doing? You, you spent, say you spent six grand on the coach and you increased your, your income by that much. Is that 10X? It's more than 10X. So you can't afford not to hire a coach. That's my comeback for everything. So the important thing to find out is what's their why. Peeling back and asking them the question, what in one, three to five years, where do you see yourself? If you want to remain a part-time career person in real estate or whatever industry you're in, then maybe you don't need a coach. But if you want to elevate your business, if you want to be the best at your profession, if you want to increase your income, you have to put money, you know, it's like pay to play. It's like an investment in your future, isn't it? Because it is an investment in your future. And, you know, I love, you can't afford not to, because the dividends that it's going to pay, you know, cause it's a, it's, it tends to be a snowball effect, right? So you might go from making $38,000 a year to making $70,000 a year, but what happens if it doubles again, right? Like right. what would your life look like? What would be different if you could double it? And I think that is where, when people fail to plan, they don't know what to do with the money. They lose their why. It's not about the money. It's about what the money can do for you. You know, what are your dreams and goals that when you're making that money in real estate, it's more than just putting food on the table. Like we know those things, right. but like, what are your dreams? What do you want to do with it? And I think a lot of people just don't take the time to figure that out. They're not asking the right questions. It's all in the mindset. And if you don't take the time, like I was talking about dusting off your business plan, your business plan shouldn't be just, I'm going to do this many listings, this many sales, close this much volume. It should be, this is, this is the time I'm going to spend with my spouse or my partner. This is the time I'm going to have with my children. This is the, the these are the things I'm going to do for myself, right? We never put time aside for ourselves, especially, and I'm just going to harp on this a little bit because I am a woman. We do not take enough time for ourselves. We put everybody else first. We do as much as we can for everybody else. And we don't take a breather. And then all of a sudden we get to that point where we're burnt out so bad. And we are just like, we fizzled up into a ball 
in the corner of the room because we don't have any more in us. We have to. So I, when I'm helping people with their business plan, I always say you should take a week a quarter and that week a quarter should be split up between your family and yourself. So if you have one personal day a quarter, totally by yourself, or you can just go get a massage, get a facial, get your nails done, get your, and not have anybody, not have your phone, not have any distractions. The amount of peace you're going to have after that and that rejuvenation is going to be, you will not believe the remarkable results from doing just that one thing. I need to do that. <laughs> no, I don't. And that's why I'm, I'm hearing that. Lori, I have to ask you, how long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate for 20 years. 20 years. And like, I love everything that you're saying. And I think it's a message that people need to hear over and over and over again, because even in, when we do take those days, it's so easy to fall back into these patterns that, you know, that we have. So like, tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, did you know this coming into real estate 20 years ago, or did you have to learn these lessons? Like what has that journey been like for you? Well, I think we're always learning. If you're not growing, you're dying, right? So right. Uh, my whole life has been a journey of growth. I'll kind of start a little bit before real estate. I was in college and I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I answered an ad in the paper in 1990. So that kind of dates myself a little bit, but um, it's, it was an ad that said, travel the country, fun in the sun. And so I took, a, I dropped out of college and I took a job selling cleaner door to door. And I traveled across the country for 10 years selling concentrated cleaner door to door. That was my degree in sales, building relationships, first impressions, taking rejection, asking more questions to get another no until you get to a yes. I mean, I can't even tell you how much I learned from doing that in what do I applied to real estate. Okay. So then I did that for 10 years and moved back to Wisconsin. And I worked in corporate America for a little bit. And what I realized is that I'm not uh, an employee. I am not a cubicle person. I am not a, I am bound to make this much income because that's what you told me I could make kind of person. And so I got into real estate. And when I got into real estate, I got in because I had ran into someone who said, I have a builder that you would do a great job for. I want to introduce you to see if you guys gel well together. And then if you guys work get in, work with him. And that's kind of how I got in. So I got into real estate. I was uh, at an independent initially. Um, I made a really good, I started in September. And by the end of the year, I had made almost six digits. Wow, that's so, awesome. So I had another company recruit me. So then I went to a, a rheology brand and uh, started a team. And so my background in, in real estate was always new construction and land development. I got involved in working with, with developers and then with the builders. And what I did is I didn't just do a really good job for them, but I played in their sandbox. I got involved in the association with the builders. I worked on their committees. I got to know the different builders. I got to work with the land developers, go to the town meetings. I put myself in that puddle and I learned as much as I could to get better at what I was doing. Well, then I decided, okay, I'm going to buy a brokerage. I'm going to start my own brokerage. Do I want to go independent or do I want to go uh, franchise? So I did a lot of research with that. And in 2007, I bought a franchise with a business partner. Well, we all know what happened in 2008. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my builders became remodelers and my developers went bankrupt. And so my business partner at the time was involved in the REO side of real estate, which is uh, bank owned properties. And so that really was a blessing for us because it offset what we had going on during that recession. And we made it through that recession at that time. 
and as we were going through the recession, I went from, you know, being a huge producer to having this halt. And now I was doing more of the operations and management and compliance because we were carrying 350 to 400 transactions cradle to grave on the REO side of the business. Wow. Yeah. So I was doing the backside of that. And that business is non-emotional. You're not dealing with home sellers. It's all about the numbers. You're dealing with asset managers. It was a totally different side of the business that I personally never fell in love with. I like dealing with people. And so it really taught me a lot of patience. I grew a ton of patience over the recession. It taught me how to leverage my relationships, right? Because with asset managers, you want to do a really good job for one asset manager. So they refer you to another asset manager. Um, And then once we got through that, I just started, I had all the operations side behind me now. Now I focused on growing the brand again, the the brokerages, and then growing myself. And so when the recession pulled out in in about, well, about 2010, I started getting involved with the National Women's Council of Realtors. And then I started doing more stuff at the association and with NAR. And so I evolved um, as a leader that way because I knew I had to pour in myself before I could reinvest into other people. I had to become better at what I was doing before I could make other people better. So, you know, I always say, you know, when one grows, we all grow, right? When, when, you know, you guys take, for example, you two girls, I mean, I've known you guys for years, you guys both took the risk, right? Of quitting a full-time job to start Golden Link. Most people will not do that. They will, the fear of doing something, they will not take the risk. So I always tell them fear is temporary, but the regret will last forever. If you do not face your fears and take the risk. It's like the, the hamster in the gerbil wheel over and over groundhog day, right? You just keep the same thing over and over and you get the same result. And then you wonder, you look back in 20 years and say, I wish I would have done that. Mm -hmm. I'm in my fifties. Now there's, I I didn't get into real estate until my early thirties. I wish I would have gotten into real estate sooner, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. So what can I pass on to somebody to tell them or to share with them to make them more comfortable in making the decision, you know? Real estate is about owning your own business. And so many people do not realize they're owning their own business. They just see the crap that's on HDTV. That's not real estate at all. You know, we don't get dressed up in, in shiny um, sequiny dresses and five inch pumps every day to go show houses. Cause we're in Wisconsin uh, and wherever you are in the United States, but you know, sometimes it's boots and jeans and you're knee deep in water. Depending and wait, and buy our buyers agents only showing three houses that buyers right. need to That's pick another misconception. Or that our commission <laughs> checks are fifty thousand dollars for two hours of work, right? Or that you're doing a verbal over the phone, yeah, like, yeah, negotiation back and yeah. forth. That's and so now funny. four weeks later, our house is all done. Right. Yeah. And it's right. beautiful and perfect. And we love everything. It went so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> you said something that I think it's the fear is temporary, but the regret lasts as a lifetime. And it's so true, isn't it? And, you know, I always think that the fear, the fear is never going to go away. Right. I mean, we're, we're genetically wired to have fear inside of us, but I think sometimes it's more about learning how to dance with the fear, right? Like Mm -hmm. learning how to take it head on and say, gosh, this is scary, but being where I was is even scarier. And to couple that with saying that you didn't get into real estate until your thirties, it's always okay to start something new, whether it's, it's real estate, you know, getting healthy, 
maybe a, a career in music. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's never, it's never too late to get started. And I think that so many people don't talk about it. Like you hear, especially women say like, oh, I'm too, I'm too old for that. Right. Or, or I've you always know, stayed at home or, you know, right. whatever, you know, stay at home. Moms make some of the best realtors because here's the deal. They juggled five people's schedules. They got people to their appointments on time because what's the worst thing is when a realtor is late and they know how to communicate because they're dealing with all the different personality styles with between their, their children and their spouse. <laughs> yes, for Who sure. It's better to be a real estate agent. You know, there's something too that you said, Lori, that really like lit my heart on fire. And it was when you were talking about the REO side and like how you just didn't fall in love with it and that how you recognize that you needed to pour into yourself so that you could pour into others. And I think about that concept of like that purpose driven work, that mission, like that, why, you know, understanding that like fear can take a back seat when you're called to do what you want to do, what lights you on fire. Like you would be amazed at the strength that people find and make bold moves because it's really anchored in the right spot. This is one of the things that really attracts me just to the world of real estate. When you think about what it means to people to find that place, the safety and security, or what it means to somebody to grow their business or expand their portfolio. There's so much, um, there's so much of life that's connected here, you know, and to be the person that's in the driver's seat of your own business. Business, I think is so important because on the flip side of the risk, like one of the things that I think is scary is dedicating 20, 30, 40 years of your life, you know, to an organization, maybe late nights, you know, maybe weekends, maybe travel to have absolutely no power and control that when things get tough, you're the one on the chopping block you know, you're the one who gets cut. And I think we've seen that so many times to where fulfillment that you can get in running your own business, feeling empowered to make an impact on people's lives and finding the thing that lights you up. Carrie and I talk about that all the time is like, you get to live your life by design. You know, there are so many resources, there are so many tools, and there are so many things that you can do in the world of real estate to find a really fulfilling career. And I love your advocacy of like self-care and well-being, you know, where it's like, when you take care of yourself, it is so much easier for you to serve and take care of others. And I think that's where that whole journey started is like, you were, you said it and I'm like, that's good. Like, how did you learn that? Because sometimes we are still <laughs> trying. It's like you walk to the walk, you talk the talk and you fill other people's cups. And I have to commend you for that because everything that you have said has just been so motivating. Even for me, who's sitting in this spot of like, I did walk away from that job. And you know what, remembering why I did it, like, that's the thing that lights me on fire. Well, too. And when you look at even over the years, I've had people say, well, why did you take all this time to do John Maxwell or to get DISC certified? Cause I got certified to teach DISC or um, do all this volunteer leadership. Cause I did a ton of volunteer leadership, but the reason why I did it was twofold. One, I wanted to be able to impact our industry and, and to, to, to be a change blazer to be able to be a trendsetter, to be a thought leader, to strategically look at how we can enhance the perception of real estate as an industry, right? And then I took it a step further to say, okay, as a leader, I have to be good at what I do so that I can make the people that are, are with me better at what they do. And so going to the, you know, like I would hear comments about, oh, she's traveling again for this event. Well, I'm traveling because the agents wouldn't take the time to do it 
or the financial obligation to do it, but I can do it and then bring it back to them. And then I can empower them. I can share with them and I can give them, them all these nuggets to grow their business. So over the years, I got a lot of criticism for that when I was in broker ownership. But, you know, I look at my path from, from an agent to a broker and to now into leadership. I'll never stop developing myself because if I do, my brain's going to turn to mush, right? Mm -hmm. I am not going to be good for anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I want to continuously, I am very driven to help others succeed. I've never woken up one day since I got into real estate and said I had to go to work. Mm -hmm. I've always woken up to the fact of who can I help today? I'm a person of value that values people. Who can I bring value to today? You have to do a lot of work on yourself, Lori, to have that within you. I mean, most people are not going to see that within themselves, right? You've taken this journey and the fact that you're so willing to spread that out there. I mean, just in the short time that we've reconnected with this podcast, I'm like, where else are you going to be speaking? I want to hear more. <laughs> I mean, like you, it, it just oozes out of you. You're incredibly people centric, but you know, I think, you know, as a leader and I love the phrase that you said, which was thought leader. It is so crazy to think that if you can take some time and work on yourself that it has a ripple effect to everyone else around you. And I think more people need to hear that, especially women. And I'm not just saying like, oh, we're all about women. I mean, we, yeah. we are three well, women. Everybody, but I think that women in general in this industry just aren't valued the way they should be valued. They put too much pressure on themselves. You know, when you're away from home, you feel guilty for being away from home. When you're at home, you feel guilty for being away from work, right? right. One tip of advice I would give to every mom or spouse listening is that I never put down my phone for the first three and a half years I was in the business. And then really probably the first 15 ever, I never put it down. It was like a third appendage. And what happened is I was never present. I was never present. And when I started making that conscious effort that said, you know what, dinner, I'm not going to have my phone at the table after eight o'clock, the, the fire's not going out between eight o'clock and 8 AM. So I'm not going to be able to get a hold of anybody to do any, anything different. So phones off at eight o'clock when I started doing those things and I started making a conscious effort of being present, my relationships improved at home. And so when my relationships improved at home, my attitude at work changed, right? How many of you guys have sat at the office and said, oh, I'll just get one more thing done because I really don't need to be at home. Right. Yes. And you know, and Lori, I think that there is no separating, right? Like one of the things that we would say, I've spent a number of years working in corporate culture and we used to have this phrase, like, we're not just looking for you to come in from the neck down. Like we want all of you. We know that what's happening at home is impacting you at work and what's happening at work is impacting you at home. And so that when we can take an approach that focuses on holistic well-being, like that is the way to find well-rounded individuals that are thriving. And there has been so much research in this, that when you think of your career, well-being, your social well-being, your financial well-being, your community well-being, and then your physical well-being, those five elements across the board, they're all interconnected and they all have so much influence on your mental state and it, you know, so much impact on all these other places. 
but it's really hard. I, I do think, I love that you brought up the nineties. Carrie and I actually had this conversation earlier today because it's this concept of like hustle culture is hustle culture dying. You know, is this concept of that third appendage and never putting that phone down and responding, you know, around the clock, like, yes, it's important that we deliver outstanding experiences and service to those that we're working with. But like you said, at some point, like nothing's going to move after a certain part of the day. Like there's, there's no, no momentum. We're going to, we're going to get there. So how do we create environments where if we looked at our life today, and on a scale of like zero to 10, where would we rank it? And you look at your life five years from now, zero to 10, where would you rank it? Like overall well-being, your resiliency, your outlook on life, you know, what does that look like for you? And then what are the behaviors that you need to change? Because I love that you said that, like you started to become aware of how that was influencing or impacting you. You started to make these little changes and then it's like the butterfly effect, right? What is it? A w- the wings flap and a tsunami happens somewhere right. else in the world of that. Like it does make a really big difference to focus on that whole person. All right, Karen, like that hustle culture thing. Like when we grew up, you know, in these corporate environments, like maybe in the nineties where like it was all about leading and being a strong leader and you were never vulnerable and you never talked about those things. And if you were the first one in the office in the morning and the last one to leave at night, those were the people who were Maybe the you got workers. the promotion, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we were, those days. And we were always working on trying to outwork, right. To, to prove that we belonged and, and outwork and outsmart twice yes. as much. Right. Yes. And now we literally had this big conversation about hustle culture being dead. You know, some of it, I think, really is stemming from the pandemic. And, you know, we were forced to make changes in our lives when the pandemic struck. And just organizations themselves, you know, they were forcing people to stay home and learning new ways of doing things, right? So, you know, everybody was like the hustle and bustle, right? Like you're you're getting up in the morning, you're getting your workouts in, you're drinking your smoothies, you're walking your dogs, getting your kids, you know, out the door, showing up as early as you can, you know, you're you're on for however many hours a day that you need to, and then you might take it home or you might stay late at the office and then you're going to wake up and do it all over again. And, you know, real estate can be like that, right? But it doesn't have to be because you're in control. You're the one that can determine if you're going to turn your phone off at 8 p.m., right, Lori? Because you said no fires are getting turned out. And, you know, that's that's where the hustle culture, and I say that in air quotes, is kind of dying. And it's becoming more of a human culture. And it's more of a people culture because we are the mom. We're the, you know, we're the real estate agent. We're the leader. We're the volunteer here, you know, we're the mentor. As we go through this journey, we are all of these things, but who are we to ourselves? Again, I think that you clearly show and live the impact that you can make, not just in yourself, but to those around you by just focusing on what matters and being present. Well, and two, I look at it, you know, like every dream you have depends on your ability to sell that dream to somebody else. So the dreams that I have for myself or for my brand or for the real estate community in general, 
I have to be able to sell those dreams to somebody else in order for them to want to see those dreams and help me achieve those dreams. And I have to ask the same question. And we talked about this earlier when I'm talking to somebody that I potentially want to work with, you know, in one, three to five years, where do you see yourself? I need to know how I can help them achieve their dreams. So if they can sell me their dreams, I can help Mm -hmm. them achieve those dreams, but it's having those conversations and people don't take the time to have those conversations, not only with themselves to really see what their dreams are, because everybody's dreams are different. It doesn't necessarily mean you want to be, you know, in a leadership position. You you may want to do a nonprofit. You may want to um, do something at your kid's school. You may want to drill wells in Africa. There's so many different things that you you might want to do something with your church or, you know, your passion is gardening and you might want to teach some classes on gardening or whatever it is. But if we don't ask people what those dreams and goals are, you know, I always think it's funny because I would always have that conversation. And when I would talk to someone and they say, I love houses, but I hate people. Well, I don't think real estate really is what you think it is then because it is about people, right? It's not about the house. The house is the byproduct. You have to, people need to know, like, and trust you before they're going to go look at that house. (laughs) So it's building that relationship with the person. But I can't tell you over the years, how many people are interviewed where they would say, I love houses. I hate people. Sure. Real estate's the right profession for you. (laughs) That is so good. And I have to bring this up. So like Howard Bihar, it's not about the coffee. You know, it's that whole concept of Starbucks of like, we're in the people business. We just happen to sell coffee. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. I believe in real estate, like you're in the people business. You just happen to sell houses. (laughs) Like it's, and, and I do, I think it's so important. You have to be a people person because there's so much emotion that can be connected to these experiences, whether it's like exciting, life-changing growth, like new family, new home, or it's downsizing, like the type of real estate that you're in, what have you, there's so much emotion that goes into it. And so your ability to be human, your ability to be emotionally intelligent, your ability to be strong enough to recognize that when someone might be um, struggling or angry and maybe they're lashing out in the way that they're talking to you. It's not about you. You know, it's not something that you need to take personally. If anything, those moments are opportunities for you to serve in a way that you've never served before and to take somebody that's going through a really difficult time and turn them into a raving fan. You know, someone that you can build the strongest, most trusting relationship with because you were there to help guide them through a time frame that was maybe very difficult for you. And I think it does take a very high level of self-awareness, emotional intelligence, all those things to be able to navigate through that. So kudos to you, Lori, because at the end of the day, like they have to have a personal dream. They have to be connected to why, and they have to understand what it's really going to take to be successful in this business. The last thing anyone wants to see happen is having someone fail out of the business or the industry because they didn't understand what it actually took to get the job done. And that's because we're not having those upfront conversations to actually set the expectations because it's true. NAR stats are over 88% of the, and I think it's higher now, but last I had checked, it was almost 90% of agents fail within the first year, you know? So you're bringing in, say you bring in a hundred and 90 of them fail. You're only getting 10 out of a hundred. That is not good numbers. Mm-hmm. And what it stems from is the fact that we're not setting the expectations up front. People come into the industry. It, it's, so easy for the educational piece and, and the financial obligation to start your own business. So affordable, right? So a lot of people can afford to get in. And then 
they see what they see on TV and they don't connect the two together that it's a profession, you're a professional and you set the expectations and you educate, you're an educator of the process. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like Carrie was talking earlier about the 24 seven being available that our industry has said that for years, we teach people coming into the business, you should be available all the time. No, that's not what we should be teaching them. We should be teaching them our attorneys, our doctors, are they available 24 seven? No, they're not, right? Uh, we're, we're helping them with the largest financial purchase of their life 95% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't treat us like we are the professional. They treat us like they know more than we do because we're not staying educated as the professional. They read more on the internet. So then they think they know more than we do. You, you, the negotiation. So this goes back to having coaches and good habits right? When you get into the business, it's not just getting your license and now magically you're going to be a great real estate professional. You have to take the time to put your business plan together. You have to hire a coach. You can't afford not to have a coach. You have to have great habits. You know, habits out of the gate need to be started the right way because it's so hard to change bad habits. It's great to start with good habits and good habits mean structuring your morning. How do you, how do you get ready for the day? Because how you get ready for the day is going to dictate the tone of how your day goes. If you're listening to the news in the morning, I guarantee you, you're not going to have the same attitude as someone who doesn't listen to the news, right? (laughs) Or doing affirmations or doing a little bit of meditation or reading a book for 20 minutes, doing 20 minutes worth of exercise. I'm not saying you have to go to the gym and pump irons, but just 20 minutes of getting your oxygen levels up and and doing those things. And so I read uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod years ago, and I started doing savers. And that changed my, my whole day because I used to be the night person. I would be the one that would stay late at the office and work late at night because nobody was there. And then I would get up in the morning. I'd be so burnt out where when I shifted it and I got up early in the morning, I was dead on. And I got so much more done in those first three hours before everybody came to the office, went to bed earlier and started it. And I was more productive. My mind was more fluent. My body loved it a lot more. I just got into those right habits and it took a while to change those habits. I'm not going to lie. Took a while to change those habits, but it was worthwhile. When you talk us through your story and your ability to pinpoint these behaviors, these things that you're doing, and then see what is it getting you? Like, is it serving you at its highest level? And then like all these adjustments of things that you can try. What is that um, saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results where it's like clear to hear how you are in the spot that you're in right now, because like through that engagement of getting like rolling your sleeves up and being like, I'm going to get in the trenches with you. Like whether it was when you were working in your own brokerage or whether it's serving the industry today and then finding things to grow, to implement, to try. And you just keep like climbing up. And I think that that's so exciting because what we recognize is we're all on very unique and different paths. We've all been shaped by our lived and learned experiences. I still want to go back to the knocking on doors for 10 years. Like the, (laughs) I am a big believer though. I love that story because I think that it's like our origin stories. Like when you talked about like, 
like the, how many no's it took to get to a yes. And like being in the face of rejection, I think that there are so many of us who are moving so fast through life that that reflective nature, you know, that we have, we don't take enough time to reflect, to build those plans. And that there are experiences that we've had that have shaped who we are today, who are natural reoccurring thought patterns, how we prefer to do business or interact with people that are going to tell you the keys and the signs. So like, what does your path to true happiness look like? You know, what were you, what are you being called to do? When are you operating at your natural best? And so I really love all of the things that like the savers concept. That's fantastic. It's that framework of different steps of things that you can do to kick your day off, you know, in the right way or things that you do at night. So talking about finishing the year strong, right? I love that you are talking about dusting off your plan. Like, you know, you started in October, you know, you had big visions for what this year looked like. It's not too late, no matter where you're at to either crush your goals or to get back on track on, depending on where you are looking from a coach standpoint, you know, if I'm an agent and I'm listening to this and I am really, really struggling, like what else, like, I guess, is it, is it grand sweeping gestures? Is it small little changes? Like, you know, how, what else do you have for us to say, like, how do you get back on track to finish this year strong? Well, I think that, you know, when you take that plan out, you're looking at what you accomplished and then you make the adjustments to the things you haven't accomplished because you never want to change your goal. You always just want to change the path to get to that goal. And so many times people change the goal because they didn't hit that goal, which that, that should never be how you do it. You should change the path or the habits that you have to, to achieve that goal. So making sure that you're looking at from that standpoint, because your plan and your path are what should change, not the goal itself. And then the habit side of it, it's really just retaining the good habits that you have and then changing and tweaking those habits and making that adjustment on the ones that you, you don't necessarily have. And I always use the analogy of an airplane. If you change the nose of an airplane, just one degree, your destination is going to change, right? So if you just change one habit at a time, your destination is going to change. So your habit's going to change one. Don't tr- try to change five habits at one time. If your habit right now is that you want to shut your phone off at eight o'clock at night, start by shutting it off at 10, then go to 930, then go to nine, then, and do those baby steps and walk, because you're going to feel more comfortable with it. So it's not going to bring you all that anxiety. It's like people are so stressed out about the phone and email thing. And I just, you're the professional, you set the standard. You're not going to let them down. Set the expectation up front with your consumer too, and just let them know, hey, it, it's it's Kristen. I just want to let you know that I'm answering my phone between eight and eight. If there's ever anything that you need in between there, I will get back to you right away in the morning. I'm I'm returning calls between seven and nine, whatever it is. Set the expectation, right? And you know, I was I was in um, Chicago last week, and I was speaking. I was the keynote for a, a women's conference, and there was a girl out in the lobby and I could tell she was struggling with something and I didn't know exactly what she was struggling with. So I went up to her and I asked her if she was okay. And she goes, I'm supposed to help be a facilitator for one of these activities that's going to happen. And I have to go up on stage and I'm freaking out. I'm having a little bit of a panic attack. I have some anxiety. And I just sat down with her and I said, here, look at it this way. I said, I've been in your steps. I've been in your shoes. I said, I, over the years, it's, it gets easier. You know, nobody wants to get on stage. But what you got to remember is no one knows what you're going to supposed to say. No one knows what you didn't say. So just be you and pour into them and they'll pour back into you. 
And she emailed me right before um, I got on the podcast with you guys today. And she's like, I just wanted to thank you for the time that you took with me. It made every difference in the world. So just taking a minute or two to have a conversation with people and just sit back and, and listen to what they have to say and what they need, you never know what impact you can make on their lives. And that's another giveaway for finishing the year strong. Because if, if we just as practitioners listen to the consumers a little bit more, we're going to learn what they really want. We're going to learn what they really need. And we're going to learn what they really don't want. Active that. listening, right? I mean, as marketers, okay, because we wear so many hats, we're always trying to anticipate what they want. But sometimes it's just asking the question or, or listening to what they're actually saying. And Lori, how did that fill your cup getting an email from someone that you helped last week in the impact that you made? Well, well and I didn't even second guess helping her because I could see she was struggling. It just made my heart feel warm to know that just that couple minutes that I took made that profound impact on her. And, and all I said to her when I emailed her back is said, remember when you see that person in the lobby so that you can pay it forward. Oh, I love that. I love that too. So good. You know, where, of course, it's not why you did it. It's just natural to who you are in the way that you care about people. And I, I also love the other messages that you had shared in there about, you know, not changing your goal. You know, I, I am such an analogy thinker. It's kind of like if we were driving, you know, let's say to grandma's house and the road was closed, are you going to take the detour? Or are you going to turn around and be like, sorry, not coming anymore? You know, like, so when right. I think about that, that concept of like how easy it is to, to switch. And then I love the habit piece of it as well is, you know, so often when we're trying to change or achieve things, we make these huge changes that are unrealistic to maintain. I know atomic habits was uh, one of the books recently that we've been focusing on. They talk about habit stacking. And so I loved how you talked people, you know, through that process of like, you can make a really big difference, just like the nose of the plane by making these small changes and like connecting it all together, just like the lady that you helped in the lobby. Sometimes we are the ones who are in our own heads. Like we, you know, we think that there are so many barriers in achieving the things that we need to achieve and it's external influences. But the reality is, is so much of it is the stories we're telling ourselves, not just getting out of our own ways. And so I love how you helped that individual, you know, kind of realize like, here are the things to stay grounded in. Remember she could get her mindset. It's also the same thing that coaches can help with, you know, when we fall in to these patterns that maybe are not serving us well, or are not helping us reach the goals that we want to get to having that person who can remind us of our, why, you know, why we're doing this in the first place, where, where is our destination? Don't change your goal. Don't, you know, change that destination. You need to dig in harder and, you know, find that path and then be very, reflective and, and intentional on the habits and the things that you're choosing to do, where you're choosing to spend your time and that it becomes, I, be, I believe this is like a momentum builder. When you start putting these things into practice and you start realizing the benefits and you start experiencing how life starts to change for you, it becomes like you just want to do more and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And to a point that you made earlier today, then you, you, you can't pour into somebody else's cup if you're depleted.
depleted and empty. So when you are fulfilled, when you are putting these practices into life, it becomes so much easier for you to help serve and, and help others around you. And so I think that those are such great messages because it's just, it's now is the time to really sit, step back. Cause Carrie, you talked about this too, shifting markets. Like there's always one thing we know things are always going to change. Laura, you talked about the 2008, 2009 market, right? For people who've been here for a very long time have gone through, like these cycles are going to continue to come. It's the people who are agile, you know, the people who understand how to be aware of the behaviors and to pivot when they need to pivot that really make their way through these types of changes in the industry. And so I think that that's, what's really important to keep top of mind, no matter where you're at, where your head is, that, you know, just know that these are the things that are going to help keep you successful when you can stay plugged in and engaged to what your why and your purpose is, what your goals are, and having a great team of people around you, whatever that looks like, so that you can be successful so that you can help others. Great wrap up, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm not ready to like run to a brick wall. You were on a roll. I know. I'm like, where am I? I'm like, I'm so in this though. So, um, Lori, I have a question for you. Sure. Where do you put your vision board? Um, actually I have a vision board right in front of me here in my office at home. I have a printed version that I keep in my suitcase. So when I'm traveling in my briefcase, when I'm traveling, I still have it. And it's my screensaver on my laptop. And then I have it at my mirror, my makeup mirror. So I look at it in the morning. That's baller. That is, I have mine as my background on my phone because I'm constantly on my phone. So it's those simple things, right. That can get you back on track and re- and remind you, you go back, you dust off that business plan and you don't change your goals. Cause a lot of times you sit back and you're like, Oh, this is what I'm doing it for. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's that motivation that takes you to that next level. What was the saying? August is the, um, Sunday of summer. Cause yeah. it's like summer's almost done. You start progressing towards the end of the year. So focusing on how to finish the year strong, it really can, it is about achieving those goals. Right. And it's about what those goals mean to you. And, you know, what did you anchor those goals in? And then taking that and saying to yourself, if you fell short, it's okay. Like you have to give yourself some grace, right? Like right. Beat what are the little up. tweaks? Right. Or, oh gosh, you know, I'm not going to meet my goals. So I might as well just sabotage everything. Cause we have these little saboteurs that live inside us that are, and I'm one of those, I'm an all or nothing girl. It's like, if I'm going to go on a diet and if I eat like, <laughs> you know, one extra bite, I'm like, forget it. Let's go I'm get done. ice cream. <laughs> Hands up. I'm like, let's, let's go. Like I'm done. We'll start next week. You know, but, it's like um, having the conversation with an agent and the, you know, I used to get so frustrated with this, with, an, with this analogy is you'd have an agent where they'd be a baller and they'd put like 10 closings together in a month and they'd get a really good month of, of commission checks. And then they'd be MIA for two months. And then they complain because they don't have anything in their pipeline. This industry is about working consistently because your pipeline is three to four months out usually, right? From the time that you get paid. And so you have to consistently be doing that. It's like we talk about, we get busy when we're on, when we go on vacation. It's because those are the people that have a pipeline. The people who don't get busy when they go on vacation are the people who don't have a pipeline because they're just chasing that next deal. So a habit to change when you're looking at your action steps to finish the year strong is to never quit the journey, right? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. 
always working on your business and working on your business. Two things that every agent should be doing is they should have a, a CRM and they should be working that CRM because when you go to sell this business in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, the only thing you have to sell is your database. They're not buying Lori Muller because Lori Muller is not working, right? So it's your, your business is your database. You have to have a CRM. And I always say, I don't care which one you use. It's the one you're going to use. That's the one for you, right? The second thing that agents need to do is they need to prospect every day. And, and you know, some, some coaches will say it has to be two hours. I always tell them, what's your goal? I didn't quit knocking on doors until I hit my quota. So if you set a quota for yourself every day, that should be how long you, you may call. So maybe it's only, and, and prospecting can be calls, it can be door knocking, it can be going to community events, it can be networking with other realtors, it can be going to, you know, to a nonprofit organization. There's so many different ways to network. You can network in the dang grocery store pushing a cart around. There's so many ways to network, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be phone calls, but I use that analogy a lot. So you pick up the phone and if your quota is I'm setting 10 appointments a day, then you don't quit until you set 10 appointments. Because out of 10, what are your odds? And the longer you do that and the more consistent you are, your odds get better. So if, if you set 10 appointments and you convert four initially, you set 10 appointments and then in six months, you sit, set six appointments from that 10. And then in, in, in a year, you do nine appointments out of that 10. That's where your habits now dictate your future. You are speaking our language, Lori. I absolutely love it. And it's simple. Like it's clear. It is it's not simple. rocket science. <laughs> right? And, it, and I love that you brought up consistency. Like it's not these overcomplicated, hard to understand processes. It's fundamentals and being consistent and just showing up and doing the work. I and serums. Stop. And serums. <laughs> I know you were, Carrie, I'm sure was dying inside because she loves to tell this, what I call dad joke. That is like, you know what the best CRM is on the market, Lori? The one you're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And I, I do believe it. And I love that you bring up the like retirement piece of it, because when we talk about not enough people spend time planning and working their plan, like that's another piece that is really important is that the work you're doing to maintain that database and fill it up with great information. Like that is the core of your business. Like that piece of information for you is so important. And when you think about what life looks like, when you're ready to start pulling back? How have you maintained the most important piece of the business that you've been building for yourself so that it can continue to serve you, whether you sell it, whether you use it for referrals, what have you, like that piece is so important. And so I love that you advocate on that behalf and help people realize that if you're going to get into this industry, this is really one important thing that you have to focus on. And I, we have found that once people start doing it, like they see the value, what is the statistics are, if you ask any of the top producing agents, they'll tell you that seven out of 10 of their last transactions came from their sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. You know, your sphere of influence is such an important part of your database. And then utilizing a CRM the right way has so much power to make your life easier. If you're doing it right, it, it'll like, it, it'll multiply your energy in the way that you're communicating with the people that you're connected with, the way you're, you know, nurturing those leads and help to create more consistent production for you. But a lot of people 
they bucket, they bucket in the beginning, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're scared of it. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's a little bit of a resistance to taking a deep dive into it. If we could just make real estate more like McDonald's, right? Where the systems are in place and everybody does the systems and works the systems, they're proven systems. Mm-hmm. It's going to change the whole industry. So true. It is true. And when you become systemized, you can make adjustments where it's needed, right? Like you become consistent, you become aligned, you can create some predictability in your business. And this is where you can really get out of the way of thinking you have to hustle your, you you know, you're either like feast or famine. How many real estate agents do you see go through that? The guy that closes 10 transactions in one month and then goes MIA, it's going to take them another, what, probably you know, 45 to 90 days to, you know, build that back up. But if you can show up on a daily basis or a weekly basis and do the little things that, you know, by building those habits that dictate your future, I love that. I'm going to steal it and use it. And I'll make sure that I give you credit when I do, but, um, you know, the, um, it's, it's not, it's not difficult, right? Cause you, if you love people and you get into the business to be a servant leader, to be people centric and to listen to them and what they want, and you can match those needs with what they're looking for. And you do that on a consistent basis, you can be successful in real estate. And, you know, it's just showing up every day and doing the work and having the tenacity to, to get it all the way through. So if you start your day and you say, you know, I'm going to talk to 10 people today and the third person that you talk to says, well, you know, why don't you come over and list my house? Well, it's okay if you don't talk to the other seven, right? Because you've achieved something that day. And, you know, I think when you are sitting, you know, and you're, and you're listening to this podcast and you're asking yourself, um, you know, where am I at for the year? First of all, I hope, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't even know, like, I don't even know what I produced this year. So if you don't know your numbers, like, Uh look at that, right. Compare it to what you thought you were going to do for this year. So hopefully you have a business plan or you set a number out there, compare the two, see what's in your pipeline, and then ask yourself, you know, what do I need to do to take, you know, that next step is, do I hire a coach? Well, yeah, do hire a coach. If you can't afford one, then I'm, you know, maybe there's a mentor or something, someone that would help you to get through this year, but, you know, you should really take a look at that. And, you know, I think that when you look at how to make those changes in your habits, often it's not going to be in places where you have to, oh, I've got to go spend a bunch of money and do this. You know, it's, it's sometimes just in those little habit forming things that you need to do consistently that end up having a like an annuity effect, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, that conversation that you have with someone today, you know, can turn into a listing six months or 18 months from now. And if you continue having conversations with them, they may refer you two to three more people before they ever do business with you just because they, they like, and trust you. And there's, you know, so many of those pieces where you just got to step up you know, every day and show up and remind yourself that this is your business. This is your career and it's up to you to show up and and do the work. Yeah. And now I look at it, you know, from a leadership perspective, 
now that I'm working with all of our leaders across the country, I, my job has changed a little bit. So my job now as a leader is to recognize the ability in other leaders. And so I'm looking at people that I have conversations with and I look at and ask them their one, three to five year goals, wave the magic wand, where do you see yourself, you know, what their dreams are so that I can see if our businesses align and I have the ability to recognize in them their leadership abilities before they even recognize because of the self-doubt and the lack of confidence that we have in, in ourselves. And so that's where my passion is now in, in going from an agent to a team leader, to a broker owner of multiple offices, and now into the, this leadership position of influence. It's like the law of the lid. You know, John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. If you're in a room with people who are all a level four, you're going to be at level four or under. But if you get into a room where you, you want to grow and you go into a level seven room and you're a level five, you're going to be with level sevens and under. But if you want to reach that top peak performance in your industry, you got to go level 10, baby, and you're going to fall level 10 and under, right? So you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to utilize the law of the lid. And that's how in, in any facet of your career, wherever you're at, that's how you grow law of the lid. That is right. <laughs> I'm taking notes as we're going through this. I have so many notes just from our conversation with this podcast. Like I'm learning just in this time that we've talked with you. I feel that you've influenced me and I like, I feel like I got a lot out of this. So this is amazing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, thanks for leveling us up, Lori. Cause I think that it has been fun. And I love that you are in a spot where you get to work with other leaders. Cause I think that's huge. It's clear your passion, your ability to communicate and that people centric vision of like what you really want to do to help others. Because then in turn, leaders can grow the people that they're serving. And it just becomes this really empowering ability to help others live and grow. If people want to get a hold of you, where do they find you at? So you can text work with exit all together. So no spaces work with exit to 85377 and you can get my mobile business card. And that has all my information, just download it, save it in your contacts. You also have the ability to search for properties anywhere across the United States. It says view properties here at the top left-hand corner. And then I can match you with the real estate agent across any state in the United States or North America for that matter. So you can get a hold of me that way. You can get a hold of me on Facebook at Lori Leeds, Instagram at Lori Leeds, Twitter at Lori Leeds. And then I have a Leaders Path podcast. So you can subscribe to that too. And the two girls are going to be on that here soon. So... That's how you can get a hold of me. That's awesome. I love it. Carrie or Lori, anything you want to add before we wrap up today? Just thank you, Lori. You've set a really good example for what can be achieved in this business. I think when you look at your journey and you think of Lori who sold cleaning chemicals for 10 years to Lori, who's the president of Exit Realty International, everything that happened in between and everything that's still going to happen. I love that you pour into others and no doubt that you are making a change and making impact in the industry industry. And I, I love it. That's you're, you're contagious and thank you for, for pouring into people. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast and it is my passion to grow people and change lives and create opportunities. And I hope that if you want that challenge to connect with me today, so we can grow together tomorrow. Appreciate you guys.
Well, unfortunately, that's all we have for today's Golden Power Hour podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're looking for more ways to develop and grow your business, check us out at mygoldenlink.com. We will put all of Lori's contact information in the write-up for these podcasts so you make sure you know where to find her. So thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day and stay golden. Thank you.